the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following show is pre-recorded. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Operations for 820 AM The Word. I have a good, good friend with me today, and uh, it's I don't know how to introduce this because my friend Kai Martin is here, and uh, we're kind of saying goodbye and hello at the same time because uh, Kai's going to be moving on to a new assignment that the Lord's given to him and his family in Aberdeen. But uh, Kai, welcome back to Heart of the City. It's an honor to be with you, Chuck. Well, you have shared your testimony uh, on this program, and uh, I've listened to it many times and still weep when I hear it. And um, uh, I've had you come on and just kind of share your heart uh, at times as we navigate through COVID and just uh, times just asking you what the Lord's saying to you. Uh, because uh, you're a good man, good pastor, love the Lord, humble, and uh, as you're, uh, you and your family are navigating into this new season, I just wanted to have a little bit more time with you for our listeners to kind of hear your heart. Yeah, well, it's an honor to be with you, and I'm always coming into the station and seeing you and, and knowing the work that uh, KGNW does, and, and then just our friendship. You know, it means a lot to me, Chuck, to be able to be with a pop in the faith that has loved this community and continues to reach into the pastors and leaders. And you were one of the first ones that came and took me out to lunch. And, um, you know, when I moved to the city and I'm so grateful that that relationship over the last 10 years, the Lord really strengthened and uh, knit us together. Well, the Lord has done that. And, and it's hard to believe that it's been 10 years. And, um, you know, so let's just go back a little bit for people that don't know who you are. Um, you grew up in this area on Vashon Island. Yeah, we call it the center of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's only people from Vashon that claim that. But uh, yeah. yeah, grew up there and then uh, went to PLU in Tacoma and uh, wanted to learn from Frosty Westering, who is a football coach there. And he helped shape my life, committed my life to Christ my last year in high school on Vashon. There was a, a teacher that was in the high school and then a groundskeeper that uh, both those men uh, communicated the gospel in a very clear way that I could grasp and um, and submitted my life to Christ. Uh, it was Easter Sunday, uh, 1995, and uh, it wasn't the typical altar call. I ran out of the back of the church, got in my truck, and drove down the road. I was a stubborn sinner and uh, <laughs> got about 100 yards down the road, and I just said, Jesus, you, you need to transform this heart. I surrender to you. You need to—I'm terrified of death, but I know that you conquered death, and uh, would you live in me? And uh, by the time I was home and now to this day, uh, the testimony of the grace of God in my life has been evident to all the people that I run into. Yeah. Well, if you want to hear the rest of the story, you can always go to our podcast uh, on the word com and click on Heart of the City and you'll find Kai's story. 
And um, so, Kai, it was 10 years ago. You had uh, ministered in the Tacoma area and then gone out to Aberdeen. Yeah. And then what was that call, or what, why, <laughs> why did you come to North Seattle? Uh, what, what happened for you to make that change back into the city? Well, it was, it's interesting, Chuck, because I was up for a Mariner game, and uh, typical traffic leaving the stadium about, I think it was July. And I looked at my wife, and I said, why would anybody want to live in the city? I mean, it was, just, it was just packed. And you're having to get all the way back to Olympia and then across over to Aberdeen. And, uh, and then it was probably about three weeks later, having a just not able to sleep, got up, had some time with the Lord. And he asked me a question. He said, what risks are you taking? And um, as a typical male, I came up with about three. That, mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I listed them off to him, and he was not impressed. And he just said, Kai, I just want you to realize this isn't the way I made you. And uh, so I wept into that night, woke up in the morning, shared it with my wife. And, and she said, I don't think it's anything that you're supposed to strive for. It's probably just a new challenge that's going to come our way. We had a, a great leadership team in Aberdeen. We had a, a mentor that was raising us in the faith there as a pastor in Steve Purdue, who's now pastoring in Olympia. And it was a, a wonderful season for us. And then our supervisor called and said, you know that we have a church in North Seattle. I was his missions director at the time. And and I knew of the church. I knew of the leaders that were there. Uh, I knew that they'd gone through a hard time. And and uh, he said, would you consider going and pastoring there? And uh, when I went to the Lord, I I felt very, it was just a quick word to me. And it was just, this is me. And I, I'm, a, I'm a simple guy. I don't need a lot. I don't need lightning to strike twice. I go, okay. And I put together that, what risks are you taking? And I I recognized that it wasn't out of the yearning of my own heart to come to Seattle, but rather the leading of the Spirit. And uh, so we said yes, and we resigned in Aberdeen, and that was a really, it's probably one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do. I, just because of how it laid out with um, a death within the family and other things that I had four days to tell 32 families that we were leaving. And that was just brutal, going to people that I'd performed a, a funeral or a wedding or helped get off methamphetamines or something and saying, I'm leaving. Um, and I came up here to a church I don't think wanted us initially. <laughs> and, uh, um, and there was a lot of brokenness that was there, but they had been praying that God would place a pastor that would love the nations and would love them. And, um, and we knew very clearly the Lord had placed us here, so moved here, made this home. And, um, but I think we cried for the first year and a half. Hmm. Um, but he had confidence in our hearts that the Lord had placed us. But it was very different coming to a place that everything moved fast and um conflict was done impersonally i'd, I'd never had like in aberdeen if somebody had a problem with you they'd fight with you in the parking lot <laughs> and I'd, I'd appreciate that because it was something that you could see coming at you but a, an anonymous you know letter or at this time it would be texts and other things and uh unfriending you on facebook and it was just really odd for me to have that non-relational ministry even though i'm a very relational leader in a very relational church and then God just continued to give us leaders, great leaders that we have seen over the last 10 years now from every, it feels like from every nation, but they, God gives them for a season, see them raised and developed. And now after 10 years, stepping away from a church that they're thriving, uh, even in COVID in this season, I'm watching these leaders. I got a report even from this last weekend and just watching them arise and lead and preach and, um, you know, take care of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so Watching that, it, it does a, a pastor's heart 
wonders, I guess. But you ask that all, how did we get here? But Right. Well, that's how you got here. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting when the Lord calls you to a place, uh, you know, sometimes it's really not very easy, is it? I mean, emotionally, we're all human, and we go through the, the yearning of the heart to uh, for those relationships that we've left, even though we— even when we know that it's the right thing, that the, that the Lord's given us peace in a situation, yet uh, we still have those emotions yep. of and and um, you know, and it's a new experience, and your family's in a different location, and and all all kinds of things going on, and so yeah. as a pastor, you've just got to know that this is this is God yeah. calling me and leading me into this place, and He's going to equip us. You know, even through the hard times. Yeah, I think it's Peter that says he's our chief shepherd. And I'm so grateful for that because that means he knows the fields. I'm just a I'm just a regular shepherd. And he loves sheep. That's why he even has shepherds. He loves the sheep. And knowing that he knows the different fields. So when we came here, it was a field in which we needed to invest ourselves. And we put our hearts into the middle of it, our kids, or, you know, all these leaders that God has raised up. My wife has, you know, endured a lot. Um, any anybody that endures living in a parsonage in the city has experienced things that they would never experience in other places. The the drug addictions, the homelessness, the uh, the violence, um, the the aid cards swinging by, things in which ethically we we got challenges, Chuck. That I I it would never have anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't like I can point to. Well, go to First Samuel or. I think Peter addresses this. It's just like, uh, I just think that's wrong. <laughs> right. And then you're kind of like, okay, Lord, give me words. I mean, how do I address this? How do I walk through this so that the heart is unveiled? And and I think that that was something God gave us a real grace in this last season to be able to do that. And I was just looking back at my journal, and um, and he said, where um, he was talking to me, and he, he a lot of times the Lord will draw questions out of me of things that I've experienced and then he'll bring it back. And I, I don't know that he's going to address something in my heart. He just, and he was talking about how in the, uh, in the, in the middle East and Israel, when I lived there, he goes, are, aren't, uh, aren't there beautiful times? I said, Oh Lord, there's nothing better than the Negev desert at sunset. It's beautiful. The, the colors and the, the, all the other, and the, it was like, he goes, and it, there is beauty in it. Kai, I need you to see the beauty. You're whining about the heat of the day. Hmm. And the Negev is not fun during the day. Uh, it's really hot. It's rocky. But he's, it was his point of going back to the place of going, I place, just like I placed Abraham and Besheva, I also placed you in Seattle. Can I care for you and them in this way? Find beauty here. And uh, those settings that I've had to go back and look in my journal, I'm like, okay, God, you cared for me in the midst of this. Not an easy season, but a fruitful season. Yeah. Well, you've mentioned a few things that I'd like to explore a little bit. One was just your, your discussion about the nations here in Seattle and, and the people from various nations and your ministry to them. And you've yeah. had some great opportunities. Let's let's talk about that for well, a bit. There's a, there was a council member that was on our, our team. His name was David Beckwith. He was raised as a missionary kid in Thailand. And we were meeting, and we were only using the facility probably four hours a week. And uh, we looked at that as bad stewardship. And we just said this is a this is a this is not a utilization of God's purposes and stewardship of what He's given us. So David said, "Why don't we ask the Lord that He would give us partners?" And so we and I said, "I don't want to send out a, a yellow pages of yesterday, but some ad for it." 
And it felt like it was within the month, uh, a, a couple that had been leading an Indonesian Bible study just a block away from us. The, the facility they were using was too small. And they just came and knocked and said, is there any way? Well, they became some of our dearest friends. That's Herman and Ping. And uh, they started an Indonesian Bible study on Friday nights. And then that led to, okay, all of a sudden we now have a Thai fellowship and then a Fijian fellowship and then a Mongolian fellowship. But it was always just looking and saying, God, who are the siblings that we need? that we can build relationship with, that we can be a blessing to them. Just like if I was in Mongolia, Pastor Munk that is serving with us now uh, and leading people that I, I would never be able culturally and language-wise to be able to minister to, he's effectively doing that. I just had to see it first as a need, and then I said, now, God, would you supply it? So it's, it's first asking God instead of just going, God, we need renters or we need this. We're just looking going, we have a gift, and God, you have a gift. Can you just put those two together? Mm. And some of our, our best times of prayer have been with the people of the nations. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I want, like I walked past one of their prayer meetings, and it's all in another language until they started mentioning my name. And I'm like, and then Seattle Foursquare. And, and I'm like, okay, they're praying for us. And it's just summer, and so the doors open. They're not because I'm out there. I'm just walking past. Right. And I'm like, oh, my. They're praying deeply for us. And and they go, well, what would you expect? Your family. That's what we do. And so it, it helped um, that, that partnership. But I think even in our church, it was 17 different nations represented out of 110 people. That would, that would be a very good Sunday if everybody was there. And, um, and so they, were, they looked around and they just said, even though we may be from different tribes and different tongues, our commitment is to Jesus Christ who spans all those cultures. And because we valued that, I think they found us. Um, and then we got to see a lot of them raised up and now leading their own ministries. The Fijian church is thriving. The Mongolian church is thriving. The Indonesian fellowship is going to come back on after COVID, and they've been doing everything on Zoom. And the Thai fellowship is now its own church. Now Hope Church is its own church, no longer in need of our uh, oversight financially and, and oversight within a leadership team. So in that sense, I think that would be one of the great things that God has done. But we are blessed to have the nations literally right here in our city. You go to a lot of cities across, and even towns across the United States, and you're going to not have the diversity. No, um, you're not going to have the people that will come and they'll weep with you, um, they'll cry over you, they'll value family like we value family. Um, they 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 are deeply concerned for their grandchildren. They're deeply concerned for the well-being of the people that are their neighbors. Um, and so, when watching that, I really bonded our hearts to them. Well, it is interesting, you know, when you think about the various communities that are in this region, when, you know, and you, uh, the Kenyans and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, as you were talking about, uh, uh, you know, the Somalis and Ethiopians and, you know, it just goes on and on and on as far as, and you go to those various churches and they're doing, you know, the service in their own language. You know, I always th- think of, from God's point of view, you know, he can see it at, from heaven heaven, and looking down in the Puget Sound region and seeing all of these different language groups, yeah. you know, worshiping him, you know, and yeah. in, in at the throne of heaven. And I'm just, I always think about that because there are so many diverse people here in this area. And Chuck, one of the things that I reminded our church, 1976, there was four known Mongolian believers in the entire world. We have 30 worshiping in our annex building on a, on a Sunday in Seattle. 
and they're discipling people by Zoom and every all these other platforms all over the world, Austria, other places, wherever Mongolians are, they go, they need in YouTube, they need it in Mongolian too. And I'm so proud of them. There's things I could not train them in, but the spirit of God's led them in. And it's just been by relationship. Now we're together. And, um, and so to see that, think of the people like the Somalis and the others that right now desperately need a church awakening in those nations. They're here in our city, they're neighbors, they're friends. And when those people get turned on for the Lord and a passion and a heart, some of them will even return back to family and see works established in Mogadishu and other places. And just like the Mongolians of 1976, today worshiping freely in Seattle and a whole bunch of them leading others to the Lord is an answer to prayer of many people from the 70s. Now I'm able to experience that in 2020. Well, Kai, we're listening to uh, Kai Martin. He was the senior pastor, the lead pastor at Seattle Foursquare, and soon to be pastor at the, uh, is that a Foursquare church in Aberdeen? It is. It's called Grace Harbor Foursquare Church. It's in Aberdeen. Everyone wonders, why do you call it Grace Harbor Foursquare if it's in Aberdeen? But if you're from the harbor, there are multiple cities there. There's Hoquim. There's Aberdeen, there's Montesano, Elma, and then these other places like and Cosmopolis and Cosmopolis, <laughs> three hundred people. But they're there. Don't forget Cosmopolis. Oh, yeah. No, the Cosy people will be all over me. <laughs> and the thing was, it's a church that's outside the the city proper of Aberdeen, but it's really the central location all over the Grace Harbor County. So people drive from multiple cities and communities, and um, it's a church that sent us to Seattle, and so now to return to a place in which sent us. Uh, is a gift. It's it's interesting to be able to step into a place that you're known, but you're known 10 years ago um, and uh, feeling and, and sensing that this is the leading of the Lord. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about that. And it's probably going to we'll talk about that on our next program, because uh, where I want to head next is a little bit more discussion about interdenominational relationships as far as pastors are concerned. Yeah. Because, Kai, you've introduced me to several pastors in the North Sound area that uh, uh, there's just some really dynamic things happening mm-hmm. amongst uh, pastors and ministry leaders from various denominations. Yeah. And so let's chat about that for a bit. Okay. Well, in this, the, and, you know, shout out to you of coming and finding leaders, and then I get to introduce them to you and um, there are great works all through the north part of our city that I've been able to witness. I was last Sunday because I, I've officially resigned where, where our home was. I went to one of my friend's churches, and it was so refreshing to be led into worship, have them preach the word, be able to receive prayer. Um, and so, there's, I mean, we, we found it by accident, Chuck. I, when we were here, there was a couple people in Foursquare that I knew, but a lot of the other churches, and I'd gone to a couple meetings where I'm like, I don't even know if you know Jesus. I mean, mm-hmm. and these are pastors. And so it was uh, the pastor from Epic Life Church, uh, Keith Carpenter, that came up and knocked on my door and he goes, I need you and you need me. Would you just start me? Can we meet? And it became now a group of about 28 churches uh, that we call them the confessing churches. Um, and that goes back to the, the time under Nazi Germany of the confessing churches that stood um, poignantly on the gospel and would not... Uh, in any way bow to culture or to um, unbiblical standards. And that core group of people and leaders, I mean, it's everything from Salvation Army, Nazarene, Independent Pentecostal, Assemblies of God, Baptist. Um, and our one rule is to get in the room, you got you to gotta know Jesus Christ. Outside of that, we have some good passionate discussions and challenges. 
but we go, there's some basic part that we're going to stand on. And then we've had to flesh that out a little bit further just as time has elapsed of going, we need to be a little bit clearer. But we have grown to love each other, sponsor church plants. So if a church plant doesn't can't meet in that building, well, come to ours. And during COVID, we're all sharing everything. I mean, it's like if you need a leadership meeting, you need to spread out, come to our sanctuary. There's a deep love and trust for each other. Um, and then one of the things I've enjoyed over the last couple of years, we weren't able to do it during COVID, but once a year we cancel all our Sunday services and gather in the largest facility that we had, which is Calvary Christian Assembly, and and do a joint service with, I think it ended up being 16 churches. And that's that's Thai, that's Mongolian, that's Eritrean, that's English-speaking, Spanish-speaking. They're, they're all there. And somebody has to preach, and somebody has to lead an offering, and somebody leads in communion, and a group of people lead us in worship. But it, and we and we give the offering away to the church planters that are starting in our city. That's what's happening in our city. There's a deep love for each other um, and a need for each other. And so one of the things we've set now is any new pastor that comes to town, two things they have to do. One is they have to be mentored into the city because you can lose your head really quickly uh, by just a demonic attack or just something that goes right at the heart of who you are as a person. If Satan wants to throw something at somebody, he gets it pretty quick at him here, we found. And then the second part is that they also desperately need an interdenominational group of leaders that they can not be afraid of what they're sharing or the concerns that they're having that they become a part of. And so that became this confessing church, churches in North Seattle. And we, we go and pray for each other. When I resigned, they were grieving over that. Um, and they said, well, let us meet the new leader that's stepping in. I mean, it was, and that bond that's there is deep and abiding. Um, and something that we had to develop, it wasn't there. It mm-hmm. wasn't, a lot of people wanted to do their own thing or they lived in Everett and commuted down to Seattle. Um, and you just kind of look and you go, who's here? Who's praying over their neighbors? Who's, who's willing to call somebody uh, to account in their, their lives or their sin? I mean, who, who's going who's gonna to do that? And we kind of looked around and we go, they're here. They're here. We'll find them. And those leaders have now been knit into that group and uh, become some of my dearest friends. Well, I've as you were sharing, you know, I was thinking of our good friend uh, Chris Goff, who mm-hmm. is at uh, Union Gospel Mission and has been a pastor in the in the Green Lake area in the past. And I look at Chris and I see some of the relationships that he's built all over this this area and the networks of of pastors and ministries. And uh, if there's one guy who pretty much knows everybody, that's Chris. Yeah. You know. And he reports the same thing, Kai, that there are there are relationships built amongst area pastors that never show up on, on King 5 News or right. Como News, uh, you know, that aren't emphasized. But there's a there is this uh, this uh, unity that's there amongst uh, pastors that is pretty significant. Yeah, maybe even as we end here, Chuck, I can give you the story of one of those churches. Okay. Uh, we were meeting, there was, I think, six of us together, and a pastor came in and said, I'm shutting my church down. My education visa has run out, and I need to re- return to my hometown, my home country. And um, Keith Carpenter said, no, look around this room. What do we need to do to keep you here? Somebody's got to bring me on their staff. Somebody's got to be able to cover our church. Um, here's the requirements of a r- religious visa, number one. And he goes, well, look around this room. Who's the most like you theologically? And sadly, he po- pointed at me. And he said, well, Kai is. <laughs> and Chuck, the thing was, he, uh, Keith goes, Kai, find a way to keep him here. We need him in our city. 
that led to four years with Pastor JR serving with us, Hope Church coming under our banner for a time until they're able to get a green card. We serve that family. And it's a, a, a church that's meeting the Thai community right in it, in the middle of what it's doing. That came out of that gathering of pastors. He was just going to shut down the church and go home. He'd finish his education. He knew that that was what his visa was here for. And he goes, I can't ask any of you to bring me on staff. I can't ask any of you to sponsor me in this way. But they looked around the room. And they said, you can. And we figured it out with Foursquare how to do that. And he's still here pastoring in our city. Wow. Well, that's God's grace. That's that's uh, that's the love of the brothers uh, for for His church, and as pastors are leading, and sharing, and sacrificing, and praying, that's the result, isn't it? Well, Kai, we're going to pick up uh, part two of this uh, next week. But I want to thank you for joining me today on Heart of the City. And uh, if you want to hear a podcast of this, you can go to thewordseattle.com. Click on local programs, find My Smiling Face, Heart of the City, and Kai's uh, story is there, and this program, and the next one as well. Kai, thanks for joining me. You've been listening to this 820 AM, the word special, Heart of the City. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on A20 AM The Word, call Chuck Olmstead, 206-269-6216, or go to thewordseattle.com.